it makes me sick to my stomach when I watch two guys go out there compete and shake hands afterwards. That's not what it's about. Welcome, welcome, welcome to After the Bell. I am still Corey Graves. And Shamrock, I hope you brought a seatbelt. Buckle up. We are on one today. It could be a downright religious experience. He's my tag team partner for Monday Night Raw, my co-host on ATB, Kevin Patrick. KP, how you feeling? I'm good, thanks, but I'm good for now. But with Corbin and JBL and you, I feel like it's three against one here. I hope you, you got a mouthpiece because this could get ugly and I, I'll do my best not to dogpile on you too bad, but we will be graced by the presence of a wrestling God and an emerging wrestling God, the modern day wrestling God, JBL Baron Corbin will be joining us in a little bit, but KP, I'm in a good mood for a litany of reasons, namely the fact that I landed yesterday after Monday night raw and it was snowing. It was beautiful. I got to my house and it snowed and it looked picturesque and I sat on the couch and I had nowhere to be and it was amazing. My house is fully decorated for Christmas already. What? Where do you stand on that? Is it too early? Whatever floats your boat, honestly. Whatever you're into. Okay, that was the correct answer. I'm one of those guys that if, you've, if you're feeling it, go for it. I, I'm not going to worry about it. There was a lady at our local grocery store the other day singing Mariah Carey. All I want for Christmas is you. And I started joining in with her, singing away with her because she was in a good mood. I'm not going to say to her, hang on, you have to wait till after Thanksgiving. Bore off. For anyone who's got hard rules on this, bore off. No time for that. I actually learned that it's okay to embrace Christmas immediately following Halloween in England. I thought you were going to say Christmas. Immediately following Christmas. It is okay to embrace (laughs) Christmas again. If it were up to me, there would be two holidays. There would be Halloween, there would be Christmas, and that is it. And we would celebrate both for six months at a time. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier, thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. I'm in. The house is fully decorated. It was snowing. I got a good night's sleep, which is unusual. I'm reasonably well caffeinated this morning, and we have a big show ahead. And by the way, KP, I'm tired of being right. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. I do. Because last week here on the show, you told everybody just to chillax a little bit. Let the story be told when it comes to Austin Theory. 
And this week, he was the star of the show for me in so many ways on Monday Night Raw. I thought we saw the promo of the year. He needed a big promo. He needed a big performance, Austin Theory. And we saw that. I, I, the, my wife watched the entire show, Gravy, and she's not one that watches WWE week in, week out at all. And she said, wow, Theory looked like he scared me. When I was watching him, I, I would run across the road if he was coming my way. That sort of fear that he set in to, uh, to whether it's Dolph Ziggler or Seth Rollins at the end of the show. And he needed that. It was an absolute statement. And his promo was heavy. There was real weight to that. And I think there's real weight to that away from the cameras at WWE. Remember, this is a guy who was shot to the moon with Mr. McMahon steering the ship, uh, you know, and, and he was the youngest. Right. United States champion, the youngest Mr. Money in the bank. There's weight that comes with that when you're fresh into the locker room and people are looking at you going, wait, you're getting the big push here? It's you? And all of a sudden he doesn't have that anymore. And he's got new leadership in charge too. And I thought he really stepped up and I caught him afterwards after the show and I said, that was unbelievable. And he had a big smile on his face and he had every reason to. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're right. We talked about it last week on this show about how I needed to watch. Let everything play out. Right, everybody loves to get ahead of themselves and jump on Twitter or on their their dirt sheet website and oh, well, this is it. Austin Theory's done. He's buried. Why would you do that to this guy? Let the story play out. This is WWE. It is World Wrestling Entertainment. It is sports entertainment. I know people get all upset. Well, it's not sports entertainment. It's pro wrestling. There is a difference. To me, I grew up in the pro wrestling industry with the aspiration of getting to the sports entertainment company. Because what WWE is, is drastically different from this guy doesn't like that guy, here's a match, boom. It happens, that those are the elements, those are the storytelling mechanisms, but there is a story involved. There's curiosity, there's drama, there are red herrings, just like any other source of, of literature. It's entertainment, so let it play out. And what we saw was a whole new chapter for Austin Theory Monday night. Austin Theory was red hot up until, well, I guess, last Monday. And then this past Monday, everyone was expecting, oh no, this is, this is bad. This is a bad sign for this guy. And here we are a few days later and the world is still buzzing about how incredible Austin Theory looked on Monday night. No money in the bank contract, no cell phone for selfies, just stripped down, badass superstar. Austin Theory became a superstar on Monday night, not because The company was telling everybody, hey, here's the guy. Here's the guy we're strapping the rocket to. Here's the guy that's going to be the next guy. That that rubs people the wrong way. Historically, people don't enjoy that. That's why Roman Reigns had such a hard time for so long because it was obvious that we were saying, hey, here's the guy. Here's the guy we want you to like. It wasn't until Roman did things his way and grew into that role. Now we have the tribal chief. Now we have the most dominant champion in decades and a mega big time superstar. Roman Reigns is in conversations right now for greatest of all time status. And it's weird because you're living in it. It's, it's kind of like a lot of people won't give Tom Brady his due because he's still playing. And because he doesn't maybe win a Super Bowl each and every year, people still want to detract from what Tom Brady has accomplished. It took a while for Roman Reigns to get that respect. And Roman is that, that dude. Now, in my opinion, Austin theory sort of took a shortcut to what could have been years down the road that he would have had to grow into. And it was rather than learning and adapting and trying to fit into somebody else's shoes and vision of what he is, he got to, he got to shed everything. All of the gimmicks, that there, there, there was no championship, the, the, the briefcase, the selfies, all of those things. By shedding all that, 
it allowed Austin Theory to shine more brightly than we've ever seen before. And I am excited, much like I was last week when I was telling everybody to calm down, because I believe you and I, you and I talk after the show. We were at the, you know, having a, having a few beverages afterwards about talking about the show. I believe in Austin Theory. I don't believe he's that guy yet, but in my heart of hearts and, and a nerd who has spent way too much time studying the history of this business and watching it and loving this with all of my being, I believe Austin Theory is the next megastar. And I think Monday, a lot of people started to believe as well. So when you say you believe, right, there's certain criteria that needs to be ticked in terms of, I'm sure, the Corey Grave chart when you're looking at superstars. One, he looks the part. He, he, he is a physical specimen. He's in the gym constantly. He, he's, he's a great mover inside the ring. But when he's humbled by this experience, when he's watching the beginning of our show and the chants ring out around the arena saying, that was stupid. Seth Rollins, you, we were listening, Graves, and the chants were, that was stupid, talking about Austin Theory and that cash-in. If you don't think that riles him up, that motivates him, you're mistaken. And I thought he put in one hell of a performance on Monday Night Raw. And I'm a believer, you're a believer, because I think it's quite obvious, all the talents that he has. But aside from the talent, it's the motivation, it's the love for the industry. And I mentioned on air some of the superstars that had failed cash-ins. We're talking about Baron Corbin, who's on our show today. We're talking about Braun Strowman. We're also talking about John Cena and Damian Sandow. Now, Damian Sandow had, had a decorated career, but will Theory follow the, the trajectory of a John Cena or more of a Damian Sandow? It remains to be seen, but I would bet on a John Cena more so than the others, I think. Right, and I think just for clarification, not, this isn't disparaging Damian Sandow, but his career trajectory went downward after failing to cash in the money in the bank. It was never like he he reached those heights again. John Cena is still John Cena, so so I see what you're saying. And I think what it boils down to is Theory's attention to detail. Austin Theory is a, a superstar, and there are a lot of them. You named Miz, you named Rollins. It's, it's a common trait amongst the greats, and it's that attention to detail. It's, I don't think I need to do that, but I'm going to do that just to be sure. Leave no stone unturned. Exhaust every option to succeed. That's what we're seeing out of Austin Theory. That's what makes Seth Rollins who he is right now, who is setting the world on fire. That's who, why, why the Usos are the way they are as the tag team champions. We'll get to that them in a, a few minutes. But I do want to uh, focus on Seth Rollins for just a second because Rollins has been one of the mechanisms in this Theory story that has helped elevate Austin Theory's stock in the eyes of the viewers. Yes, Rollins was the one who beat him and Theory got stomped and it was humiliating, et cetera, et cetera. But that was an important beat in the story because what Rollins is doing simultaneously is elevating the United States Championship. I think this United States title has more value to it today than it has in maybe decades. Maybe, uh, maybe I, I forget John Cena's reign, which is pretty incredible, and Cena would do the open challenges week after week and just put on classic matches. And the United States Championship was looked at as valuable, but because John Cena said it was valuable. Seth Rollins is showing you why it's valuable. Not that Cena didn't. Cena, of course, had these epic matchups, and that's how Kevin Owens came into the fray and, and countless great matches and memories. And so I'm not saying that, that Cena wasn't, capable of doing what Rollins is doing, but Rollins is, is elevating the championship from a, a crowd perception standpoint. Rollins said as much on Raw. Now that I'm the United States champion, this is the title. Theory mentioned it regarding Roman Reigns. Roman exists in a realm unto himself right now, so it's tough. The tribal chief calls the shots, right? You don't hear people calling out Roman Reigns. When Roman's ready to defend, Roman will find you. But what Seth is doing is, is going out week after week. He said, this is the title now. This is what matters. This is the number one prize on Monday Night Raw. 
and he's showing you why. Because week after week, it's been bangers of matches. It's been drama. Now you've got Austin Theory in the picture. And Rollins just continues to elevate. And, and Rollins is a good friend of mine. And I know the, the admiration Seth had. And Kevin, I don't know if you've, you've heard the, there's a sort of a romance in this business regarding, it used to be the Intercontinental Championship. It still is to an extent as the workhorse title. That was the pride when Macho Man Randy Savage was the Intercontinental Champion. And he had the, the classic with Ricky Steamboat at WrestleMania. That's what inspired a lot of guys to get in this business. And it's that pride in being the best, not necessarily the most visible. Maybe your face isn't on every poster because that's reserved for the tribal chief. That's Roman Reigns. He's the guy, the undisputed WWE Universal Champion. But Rollins is that dude on Monday. And and I have to give credit to Bobby Lashley and Austin Theory before him. It's been a slow evolution to make this championship valuable again and and now the united states title is at least where the intercontinental championship once was and dare i say is in it's a possibility he's going to surpass it i mean gunther's doing great things as intercontinental champion on friday night smackdown imperium gunther that's a main event if the intercontinental champs competing it's a main event whether the title is on the line or not period gunther's a made man as intercontinental champion rollins has a little more cachet a little more experience in wwe and it's elevating. Now the United States title is a bona fide main event, valuable championship. 100%. And he's a fighting champion too now. We've had back-to-back weeks where he's just thrown out matches, banger after banger, like you say, and as Shamo says as well. But what, what about that sort of a match though? What we saw, Finn Balor and, and Seth Rollins, both operating at such a high level. In terms of sheer entertainment, that is, you know, that's a fan favorite type match right there, wasn't it? That's a dream match right there. I mean, that match headlined SummerSlam in 2016 for the Universal Championship. I mean, those were those are main event players. That was a main event match. God, did it deliver. That was one of those ones where I, 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 you get lost in it, you know? And you, you probably noticed the difference in me sitting beside me when I just get invested, when I'm all in. And I'm no longer worried about what's happening, at the, at what graphics coming next, or what package we have to throw to, or, or, hey, are we on the same page? I'm just in it. I get to be a fan again. And it's been a while, and, and it... Doesn't happen as often as I would love it to, to be perfectly honest. I, I but when you get lost, man, it's that passion. It, it, it's just a feeling inside, and that's what Seth and Finn provided for me on Monday night. I said to you, actually, let's just let people in here a little bit. During the commercial break, I said to you, heading into what is our segment 16 in the show, our final segment, I said, should we reset storylines here or have we gone through that enough? And you were like, oh, we're in the match, baby. And you were just like, we're, we're in this right now. We don't need to revisit that again. Let's just get lost in it. Right. Sometimes when the table's set, man, the only thing left to do is sit down and enjoy the main course. And that's, that's what we got to do on Monday night. But while we're talking about champions and dominance, uh, we'd be remiss to not talk about what's going on Friday night SmackDown. It's official. The Usos now the longest reigning champions in WWE history. Let me ask you, Kevin Patrick, from where you sit, are the Usos the greatest tag team of all time? From where I sit, uh, and I, I've, I come at it with, from a slightly different perspective, as you know, because I'm a relatively right. you know, new-ish comer to the industry. I, I'd always have an eye on WWE throughout my youth, but I was never following it as closely as you were. I come at it, and I, for, for me, and, and I go back to the backstage element too, and I go to the storytelling. The Usos in the New Day, it's very hard to separate because in-ring ability, storytelling, They're both out of this world. And you often say to me, watch a match and look for the story. And I'll have notes written down and I'll prepare. But but when I look for a story, the Usos tell an unreal story. 
during a match. Am I right or wrong? When you look at Jey Uso and his body language throughout a match, is there anyone better right now than Jey Uso when it comes to storytelling? What he's been doing with the Sami Zayn angle as well, for me, has been lights out. Like It's been top notch. I think I think what we can't lose sight of is what the Usos have accomplished. I mean, when the New Day did it, it was a huge deal. It seemed like a record that might stand forever. But the Usos have truly hit their stride, and, and we talk about attention to detail. Jimmy and Jay are those guys. When it comes to every move, every head turn, every look that Jay Uso shoots at Sammy or or his unsure with Roman, there's so much happening all the time. I will say it. For my money, in my opinion, the Usos now own the crown of the greatest tag team of all time. And I say that with respect to all of the great tag teams of the past. At the end of the day, you can look back and everyone will argue this is a subjective business. I'm not saying I'm right about this, but in my opinion, I'm a little biased. I love those guys. They're, they're great friends of mine. I'm proud of what they've accomplished. Thinking back to what the Usos have gone through, what they've endured in just their tenure. And, and let's be honest, the old boss looked at tag team wrestling differently than the current boss. But the Usos began succeeding when there was an old boss, when the old boss was still in charge. The Usos, in spite of the fact that it was never his favorite flavor of ice cream, still week after week after week after week would go out there and tear the house down. And you got to give credit to the New Day because the New Day forced the Usos to step up their game. That is without a doubt, I will argue on this one, the greatest tag team rivalry Yes. In, in history, I would say. The New Day and the Usos. It's been years long. They never repeat the same thing every time. Like that, that is an ability as somebody who's competed in the ring and knows what goes into the structure of a match and keeping things dramatic and interesting. It's very easy to get lulled into the same, oh, well, let's do this thing. Or They keep raising the bar and then they set the bar and then they snap their own bar. They just keep going. And, and it's such an awesome rivalry and a relationship. And I feel like one day when the New Day gets inducted into the Hall of Fame, which they will, and the Usos get inducted into the Hall of Fame, which they will, I would bet money they will be thanking one another because this this relationship and rivalry has blossomed two of the greatest tag teams. I still put New Day in the conversation. And and I'm an old school guy where when people ask who's the greatest of all time, I like to say, who made the most money? Well, I mean, let's be honest. Jimmy and Jay ain't hurting for paychecks these days. It's such a subjective question, though. It really is. And you, going back to your youth, when you get lost in it as a kid, who was it for you? Was, was it Demolition? New Age Outlaws? Like, I, I get there. Yeah, we, I, every, I mean, keep naming them. Demolition, I love the, the Legion of Doom, the New Age Outlaws, the Hardys, Edge and Christian, the Dudleys. I mean, there have been so many great tag teams. There's one right there, the Dudleys. The Dudleys have held like every tag team title on earth like four times. I think they have the most title reigns of any tag team in history. So does that make them the greatest? Maybe. I, I, would, I would listen to somebody make that argument. I would listen to Bubba Ray tell me why I'm wrong. <laughs> but it, it's impossible to say for sure. But in my opinion, just what the Usos are doing right now, the whole bloodline, it, it, it's all just magic. So yes, Jimmy and Jay, hats off to those guys. Uh, and, and looking back into the past, some of the greats, I mean, there were days in the territories where you had like the fabulous Freebirds. It would sell out, and, and you ever get Michael P.S. Hayes going, trust me, he won't hesitate to tell you all about it. Selling out the Superdome. You got to give respect to those guys. It's a different business is what I'm saying. You know, as far as modern era. British Bulldogs. Right. There's so many to, to pick from. Great tag teams who put on great, and it is. It's who, What's your favorite flavor of ice cream? For me, I'm dining at the Uso Buffet every day of the week, bar none.
Yeah, and it's helped that they're they're part of the bloodline, and there's something so unbelievably infectious about the the bloodline right now that it just unbelievable TV to kick off Friday Night SmackDown with that match was electrifying, and I got lost in that match. Graves, I'm on the edge of my seat, and I had no idea which way it was going to go. Genuinely, I was torn. I'm like, are the new they going to win this? Are we going to see something here where they snatch it late from from uh, the Usos? It wasn't to be, and they tried everything everything. Kofi had some of the best expressions that I've seen in a long time. He just looked devastated that no matter what he threw at them, they couldn't get over the line. And the Usos, their resilience on show, and in the end, get it done. Well well done. Congratulations to the Usos. Officially the greatest tag team in WWE history. I, I completely agree. And, and it goes back to like what you were saying about, or what we were talking about moments ago about Rollins and Balor. The ability to get lost, that's why I speak so highly of the Usos in the New Day. I've called too many of those matches to remember. And I just remember loving all of them. And much like you, I was sitting on my couch in my freshly decorated Christmas-themed living room. <laughs> and I was watching SmackDown. And, and just like you, I didn't know how it was going to end. I hate that for myself. I can usually predict, see, I can see things coming a mile away. And I'm watching this, and I'm on the edge of my seat, and I'm biting on every near fall. And I'm going, oh, my God, they're going to, oh, no. I felt the roller coaster of emotions. And for those guys to be able to do that to me, not only when I'm sitting live ringside, like when you and I get to do it on Monday nights, but I'm in my home, in my living room, and I'm still feeling all those kind of emotions. And that's the level of skill that both the New Day and the Usos brought to that matchup. Bravo to both of those guys. Congratulations to the Usos. You think Sami Zayn's going to be dining with the bloodline come the holidays? Listen, I don't, I I like to speculate, but I, I, I don't want to meddle in their affairs. Uh, I don't know if Sammy eats spam. I think he's vegan. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier, thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. My village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. You know who's definitely not a vegan? Who? Our guests on today's show. Baron Corbin and JBL. Big facts. Big facts. A couple of wrestling gods who are gracing after the bell with their presence. Please welcome and show respect to JBL and Baron Corbin. JBL, Baron, thank you first and foremost for taking time out of your extremely busy schedules to hang out here on ATB. I made Kevin Patrick promise to be on his best behavior, but I can't be responsible for what he actually says and does for the next few minutes. How about he just doesn't speak? Ah, that's a bit harsh, That way you know that, see, he just started speaking. 
So it, already he's violated the code of he doesn't need to speak. We're not off to a great start. I'm just going to say we can't be held responsible for what we do to him next time we see him at Monday Night Raw if he annoys us that much. Love it, love it. It sounds like I might be flying solo from time to time, KP. I'd, I'd <laughs> mind your P's and Q's. JBL, I got to start with you. It's been several years since you've been a regular on WWE programming in any capacity. Uh, why now? How did this pairing with Baron Corbin come to be? Because I wanted to be with Baron, period. Uh, I saw Baron. I saw an opportunity that this a guy can save the business. This guy can turn back the clock and make this business what it was. I don't like the progression of what the business is becoming. And I thought Baron Corbin is the one that can do this. He, to me, he could be a modern-day wrestling guy. That's exactly what he is. And so I came back for one reason. That's Baron Corbin. It wasn't like, I think I want to come back. I think I want to do something. I came back specifically because of the potential of Baron Corbin. He's going to be the next or one of the next world champions. Was it an easy fit for you, Corbin, with JBL? I mean, obviously, we have a lot of similarities. Uh, and I think that's one reason uh, I connected so much with this and, and took this opportunity. Uh, when I have a guy in my corner giving me advice and, you know, leading me down the path to success, it, it's a guy who's in the Hall of Fame. It's a guy who's done it, a guy that's been world champion, a guy that's taken people's heads off. Uh, you know, and that's what I'm trying to do. And I'm trying to fix a lot of things. I'm old school, man. I, you know, when I started watching uh, wrestling, it was old school cats. It was big dudes running people over and they were being violent in the ring. They didn't care about social media. They didn't care about what people thought about them. They went out there and got the job done and they weren't afraid to hurt some people in the path. And so that's kind of my mentality. And, and when I connected with JBL and, you know, he talked to me about this partnership uh, obviously I had to, to jump at it extremely quick because I was excited. And uh, I feel everything that he talks about, how this business is going down a path uh, that I'm not a fan of. And I'm not going to step back and just go, oh, I just don't know. I'm the old guy. I've been around for 10 years now. I'm not going to let it happen. And, and there's a guy now in my corner that sees that same uh, need for saving. Uh, and he's using me to do that. I've gotten to know both Baron and JBL over the, over the years, and it's an observation I sort of made, and you sort of verified it just now, Baron, and it's the mentality of not caring. John, you, you are one of the greatest villains ever in WWE, and that was what really t took you to the pinnacle. That's what made you world heavyweight champion and, and all your classic matches. What is it about that mentality that was valuable to you and is valuable in Baron Corbin? We speak the truth. You know, people call us... Uh villains or bad guys or heels or whatever they want to call us that but that's simply not the case we speak the truth we speak the truth about what the business is doing it's a big guy business i mean you look at uh, baseball baseball had gone down the tubes baseball was going to die after the strike who came along and saved it a guy like mark mcguire and sammy sosa and barry bonds big guys big guys came along and saved the sport that's exactly what's going to happen now i mean people come drew 93,000 people at WrestleMania three, an iconic moment that set us off on this WrestleMania extravaganza that's lasted and become this huge event as big as the Super Bowl in these cities that they're in because of Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan. I mean, there was a reason that guys that were great workers, great wrestlers, weren't in the main event. I came back for one reason, that's because Baron Corbin needs to be in the main event because in this business needs Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin doesn't need this business. He, look, he, he didn't start off and have to go through the Indies. He had to play single A ball. He started off batting cleanup for the Astros. That's what he started doing. The Baron does not need this business. This business needs Baron. And look, I'm just going to tag on that because 
you know, these people around the world that watch what we do, watch our product, they want to see superhuman people. They want to see uh, guys they don't see crossing in the mall or in a restaurant. I'm watching uh, the news in Kentucky Friday or Monday morning when I'm in the gym. It's got it on, and Johnny Gargano is on there talking about our product. And I look at that guy and I go, he looks like he, he should be working in a little pop-up store in the mall, not claiming to be a WWE superstar on national television. So I think that you need to get people in a place and make them be stars. And when you're five foot four, 140 pounds, I'm not buying it as someone sitting at home, seeing it on TV. Cause I'm not seeing them have the ability to beat up, uh, you know, an elite level athlete of size, stature, speed, athletic ability, those kind of things. So I'm here to just change that path that, that we're on. Yeah, let me make it clear. There's always a spot for a guy like Johnny Gargano. He's incredibly talented. He, he's a wonderful wrestler. People really like him. I'm just talking about the difference between guys who carry the company, and that's Baron Corbin. And Baron, why was now the time for this change? I mean, last time you, you had some success doing the happy Corbin thing and, and that whole character progression. Why is now the right time? You switched from SmackDown to Monday Night Raw. You, you've got JBL in your corner. Why is now the right time to do all this? I think I just got lost a little bit in, uh, you know, when I was on rough times, I was struggling to get by. We all saw that. And I came up in Vegas and the money may have gone to my head, the attitude, uh, that super carefree life. And I no longer kind of cared what was going on. And when I hit that rough patch again, you know, losing to Ricochet and Shinsuke on SmackDown and JBL pulled up, picked me up, put me in the limo and he shook me back to earth. He showed me, hey, this is what you're capable of. This is the guy you are. Let's get back to that old school self that when you came into WWE, you were wrecking shop. You were tearing people's heads off. You were just damaging everything you could and, you know, putting yourself on a path to success, putting yourself on a path to be in the main event. I mean, I main evented for eight months with Roman Reigns. I'm the last man to pin Roman Reigns. I worked Kurt Angle at WrestleMania, Braun Strowman, Seth Rollins in the main event for eight months. Like, let's get back to that. Let's get back to the roots of not caring. Priorities are championship, winning matches, making money. Let's get back to that. Not not so much all of the wild distractions. I was having fun, uh, you know, buying cars, buying watches, buying all those things. Like putting someone like JBL, he's helping me organize those things. Now, instead of me having to go and buy cars, he's got he's sending somebody for me to do the work. He's taking a lot off my plate. So we sat in that limo. We had a discussion. He put down some bottles of Jack. We drank those bottles. He slapped me over the head with one of those bottles and said, wake up. It is time to go. Let's get this done. And so we come back with a new attitude. You know, we're still the same thing. I'm still uh, extremely wealthy. I'm still excited about my life but now he has separated those things. He's made it easier for me to focus on my success in WWE. And, and let me make no bones about this. All these snowflakes out there that are seeking a safe space, there is no safe space when Baron Corbin's in the room. You guys keep using the phrase old school. I'd say this pairing is definitely old school. And, John, you, you, this is a new role for you. For Despite everything you've done, you've obviously competed in the ring. You've done great things on commentary. But this is sort of a throwback in a, in a, a managerial role, a sense. And, and we don't see a lot of that these days. Why is this... Uh, is this exciting for you? Is this interesting to you to to try something new in, in a managerial role? Yeah, it's incredibly interesting for me. I mean, I look at guys like Arnie Scullin, who came along and managed Bruno, who managed Andre the Giant over in Japan and, and, and did various places with Andre. Look at guys like Bronco Lubitsch, who was a terrific wrestler, came along and was a great manager. Uh, you know, sometimes these guys come along and, and they see something that makes them want to get back to the business. And they're drawn for a reason. 
You know, Arnie Scollin, golden boy, was one of the greatest of all time, Hall of Famer. He came back for Bruno Sammartino. He came back for Andre the Giant. You know, he, he didn't come back for guys that were curtain jerkers. You know, sure. th- these all-time greats don't come back for that. You come back for guys like Baron Corbin. And you love this, JBL. I mean, you come back because you love this and you're working with a guy who, you know, you're tw- 10 years now since you joined NXT, Corbin. And Graves, you brought this up to me before. You said that, there's certain people that ask questions. There's certain people that love this and dive right in and want to know absolutely everything that they can about the industry. And you told me stories about when you two, Corbin and yourself, would be driving in the car and Corbin would be peppering you with questions back in the day just on how to learn the business. How can I get better? That's fair, right? It's very fair. Uh, Baron's a very intelligent guy, a very smart guy. Everybody who knows Baron says that, says the exact same things. Uh, and that shows in the kind of dialogue that he had with me initially and the kind of dialogue that he had with me when he was asking questions about the business. They were intelligent questions. They weren't questions about what is my next TikTok video going to be? How, how do I get over on Twitter? How do I get more likes? How do I get more tweets? It was about how do I be world champion? And that impresses me. That definitely started our relationship, though. I was working with Ray Mysterio, and I reached out to him because I know uh, you know, what incredible stories he told with Ray and how many times he just put him down. Uh, so I reached out with that and we kind of started this relationship out four or five years ago. And, uh, when I was asking him questions and so now to have him around 24 seven is, you know, unbeatable. Share a little tidbit, if you would be so kind, what's something that you, you learned from JBL in the, in the early parts of this alliance? It wasn't so much just learning. It was the the earliest thing he brought to the table was just kind of kicking my head back in the game. Why are we here? And and to nail that down versus all the other distractions I had as Happy Corbin when I was just, you know, I was on it. I was on a different level. He reined me in. I think that was the most important thing because he reined me in, got my focus straight, and then we're just bringing the aggression back. We're bringing the violence back. When we're, you know, putting a guy down, it's because I don't like him. I just have to look at him, find one thing that I just despise, I hate, and irritates me to no end, and I just inflict all that right back onto the guy that I'm standing across from in the ring. We don't like a lot of people. I genuinely do not like a lot of people. I can verify that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And Shamrock could very well be one of them. I, I told you St. Patty was wrong. He should have left the snakes and got rid of the Irish. He made a big <laughs> historical mistake. But you look at a block of granite. Some people see a block of granite. Michelangelo sees David. What I saw was a world champion when I look at Baron Corbin, and that's the difference. And it, you're starting to see now the world is what I've seen all along. And it's not like he hadn't been successful. Sure. Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal winner. He's He's been a champion. He's done so much already, but the world champion is what measures a guy's career, and that's what Baron is for. That's all he's after. Beyond the the checks and the championships, what do you guys look at about this business, and where do you see it? If you can reshape this in your image, and this, I'm thinking more like the conversations we have in the locker room during the week. What do you look at, John and Baron, both, and what do you like? What do you not like? What do you want more of? What do you want less of? If you guys are going to rebuild this in your own images, what does it look like? If we're doing that, the more competition, higher level athletes. I want to see the 1%, you know, WWE superstars constantly. I don't want to see, 
you know, these so-called fans who get in the business, get on television, and get in our rings. I think that has poisoned what we do. When you started letting fans in the ring, it poisoned the sanctity of what we do. And a lot of those guys, I mean, when you when you talk about a Johnny Gargano, you talk about a Kevin Owens, all these guys, all they ever wanted to do since day one was be a WWE superstar because they're the biggest fan in the world. It's not about who's the biggest fan. It's about who's the best competitor. So we're going to change it to that. We want more competitors. I don't care if you watch WWE a day in your life. If you are a badass who can lay it down in the ring, this is where you belong. So that's what I would tailor more of this to. I would get rid of the fans in the ring and get level one competitors. And listen to what all these guys say, guys and girls. They all tell you the same exact story. I love this business. I paid so many dues. I rode in the cars. I love this business so much. Everything I've done is to get into this business. I don't give a rat's ass about what you care about. I care about, are you the next Luthez? Are you the next Jack Briscoe? You know, when Luthez used to walk into an arena, Luthez used to walk through the box office. So he wanted the fans to see what a world champion looked like. He walked through the box office and through the crowd on the way to the dressing room because he wanted fans to see the difference between him and everybody else. And what you're seeing now is more clear than ever. Baron Corbin didn't have to pay dues. Baron Corbin didn't have to go to single A ball. Baron Corbin is here because he is a modern-day Luthez. Baron, we were chatting offline about how you've had a hand in in the new NIL recruiting bits, and you yourself were just at a, a university recently sort of explaining what the path to WWE could look like. When you see these potential athletes, these superstars who could step into our ring someday, what do you see? What do you look for most in, in these young guys and girls? You know, I, I was at Ohio State yesterday. I was at Arkansas last week. I'm going to Penn State next month. Uh, we're looking for athletes with attitude, with aggression, with that competitive nature, uh, that no-care attitude. I want to see a salty offensive lineman that's 6'6", 295 pounds, 315 pounds, with an attitude that he doesn't care. He's a dirty football player. He'll take some cheap shots uh, and, and not worry about you know who he leaves crying behind him. I think... That's what we need. We need more guys like that here. And so that's what I'm looking for in these schools. You know, whether it's shooters on the mat, there's some incredible uh, shooters yesterday at Ohio State. They're just tough, salty. And, uh, you know, I think that's why we connect so well, that we just, we're irritated easily. We don't really care for people and we don't care for their feelings or what they feel about us. And I want to find more guys like that because, you know, having that ego to walk around, but then the ability to back it up is something special, and not a lot of guys have that. You look back in my era, and my era was an era of, of, of terrific rosters, and a lot of those were very good guys. Some were bad guys. Some were good guys. We had the whole mix, just like society has the entire mix. Those guys would all stab you in the back, every one of them, because they wanted your spot. No matter what they said, it was, it was very competitive. People talk about the fraternity and this love and how you get along in the dressing room. I don't care how anybody gets along in the dressing room. I care do you put asses in seats and do you put eyeballs on TV screens. That's all that matters. What do you think, John, about the the sort of culture within this business now to, that you're, you're referencing now? It's a lot of people. It's a lot of a more of a team vibe as people are, are less competing with one another and sort of all just playing a role in the overall presentation of what WWE has become. Yeah, Ali wasn't pals with Foreman. Uh, Tyson was not pals with Evander Holyfield. You know, this is a single business. And if you're successful, somebody else fails. It's a zero-sum game. 
So if Baron wins, somebody else loses. You can't go both out there and, and win. And all this talk about fraternities and all this stuff about love of this business, you know, some guys should just still be on the other side of the rope. And I think it's that simple. Yeah, they should be sitting out there holding their popcorn and enjoying the show for, for superstars. And I, I, we're, we're talking about this. You're talking to fraternity. It makes me sick to my stomach when I watch two guys go out there and compete and shake hands afterwards. That's not what it's about. We're not trying to be friends when we leave. It is a competition. I, I want to get both of your thoughts. Uh, Baron, I, I know you and uh, Braun Strowman go way back. And Braun's a guy who recently has caught a lot of crap, a lot of flack from the social media audience regarding his basically beaming with pride after a, a big man match in, in Saudi Arabia, Crown Jewel. Braun and Omas, two larger-than-life human beings, competitors, athletes. And Braun was kind of feeling himself, and he made a few comments that a lot of people in the locker room took offense to. What, what do you think about that? Do you agree with that mentality? Is that closer to the side that you guys fall on than... Yeah, I mean, I think do you, whatever it is, but stand behind it. If you cower and back down after, then you didn't really mean it. You were doing it for clout, doing it for show, doing it for social media. I don't do anything for social media. And I also don't go out and label myself whatever it is. You know, if you're going to go out and tweet, I'm the greatest big man this business has ever seen. If you're saying it and you're the one that's having to put the title, nobody else is saying it about you and you're just, you're full of crap. And so if you're going to go out there and you're going to bash little guys, look, I have some respect for guys like Ray Mysterio who have done unbelievable things at his size and his stature and you know he is iconic and there will be a lot of people that come along in the future that will get compared to him and want to be him but there will never be another Rey Mysterio there is a place for those guys like we talked about it may not be the main event but there is a place for him so if you're going to go out on social media and say those things and the minute people start firing back at you you back down or you cower away or you try to say it was a joke you know, that that's when I get irritated. Stand behind what you say. Be a man and, and back it up. And also, you know, for me, I'm going out there and, and for 10 years now, I've irritated people and I've not cared how they felt. My job is not to make anybody who watches what I do happy. That is not my job. Uh, you know, for right, right now, Braun, that is his job. His job is to go out get people excited. He's on that side of the fence. He He's a good guy, if you will. And so to go out and do that, I, I don't understand it. But, you know, I think that you should take pride in being a big man and putting on a, a show like that. But the minute you have to go out and tell people how good you are and make up your own star rating, I'm out. Everyone's taking note, guys, of what you guys have done, JBL, since jumping onto the scene with Corbin. So w what is next? Are you canvassing upper management? Are you having words here and there and saying, well, well hell we no, want the United States championship. <laughs> we want the, you know, a shot at Roman Reigns. What are you looking for? No, it's a meritocracy. You know, you, 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 we're talking about the little guys in the business. There have been some little guys who've drawn money. There have been some little guys who have a wonderful spot. Big guys, though, traditionally, week in and week out, they're the ones that fill the main event. And we're not canvassing a damn thing. We're not kissing somebody's ass saying, hey, could you put Baron in, in, in a title match? Baron has destroyed everybody that he's been in. It's a meritocracy. I don't want people out there chanting, oh, this is awesome. We love you so much. I don't care if anybody chants. I care if people pay money to see Baron Corbin. And that's exactly what they're going to do. And you're seeing ratings that we have. The ratings are amazing because they want to see Baron Corbin. That's a meritocracy. Are, is Baron going to be in a title match soon? Absolutely. But it's not going to be because we've canvassed somebody in Titan Tower headquarters or whatever you call it now. It's going to be because Baron Corbin deserves it. And Baron Corbin has a spot that cannot be denied, and that is in some type of title match. 
John, uh, the one name that keeps coming up in this conversation is Rey Mysterio. And Baron, you've obviously competed against him. John, you, you, one of your greatest rivals. What separates Rey Mysterio from the rest of the quote-unquote little men? Why is Rey Mysterio different than, say, a Johnny Gargano? And what does a Gargano, for lack of a better example off the top of my head, have to do to get to that level? What, what, what makes that possible? Gargano could get there. Uh, I'm not saying that he won't. Rey Mysterio is the greatest mask wrestler of all time. He's one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. But you ask what separates Rey Mysterio from other guys of his stature? What separated Hogan from other guys of his stature? What separated The Rock from other guys of his stature? There aren't that many great guys that come along. Any size, Rey Mysterio is one of those great guys. Johnny Gargano may be one of those great guys. We'll find out. We're talking about traditionally big guys are the ones that draw the ratings. I don't think that's indisputable. But as far as Rey Mysterio, what he's done is because of his greatness. He is one of the greatest of all time. And it's just been amazing that he's done that with a mask on to an audience that is not used to people wearing masks. And he's done it because of his size or in spite of his size, rather. Uh, It's an amazing story about Rey Mysterio. But his greatness is not uh, determined by, you can't look at Rey Mysterio and say, well, I'm the same size. A lot of guys were the same size as Hogan. They didn't main event WrestleMania. JBL, you mentioned ratings. Is it a coincidence? I'm looking at the latest fashion articles and baggy pants are back in. I mean, is that your doing on Monday Night Raw, rocking out with those big baggy pants? Oh, you stepped in it now, KP. Baggy pants, let me tell you something. Men don't wear skinny jeans. I don't know what, I don't know where you came from in Ireland, but Irish men don't wear skinny jeans. Nobody wears skinny jeans that is a man. Okay, I'm wearing clothes that are appropriate to me. Plus, I'm 55 years old. I'm not going to dress like some stupid little punk rock 17-year-old. All right, I'm going to dress like a man who is a legend, who's made a lot of money, and is wealthy enough to buy whatever the hell he wants, and I happen to buy pants that fit me. I have a large ass. I got more ass than a donkey farm. My high <laughs> college coach told me one time, said, son, if I told you to haul ass, it'd take you four trips. And I'm not putting my large ass, 10 pounds of potatoes in a five-pound sack, and putting them in skinny jeans. Are you happy with yourself, KP? Oh, I'm, I'm glad I'm I got delighted. the actual interview done before you decided to start this. I've been dying to ask about the baggy pants and the fact that they're back in fashion now, JBL. You are a fashion guru. I don't care they're in fashion. I had snakeskin boots when they were in fashion. Then they went out of fashion. Now everybody loves snakeskin boots. I still have them. I wear them to go, oh, my God, man, you're modern. No, I'm not. They were in fashion in the 80s. It's timeless. I don't give a (laughs) if baggy (laughs) pants are in fashion. I don't care if MC Hammer walks in doing his hammer dance, his hammer time, hammer time. I don't care. That makes no difference to me. I do what I want because I do it, and I'm not wearing skinny jeans because I'm an adult. There you have it, KP. There's no coming Way back to from go, that. Way to go, Kevin. Way <laughs> to go. Fashion guru. <laughs> JBL, Baron Corbin, thank you guys so much for hanging out. I'm excited to watch this relationship grow and develop. Any last uh, thoughts for the ATB faithful? Just sit back and enjoy the show. And uh, a lot of people talk about what they used to love about this business. It's coming back and it's coming full force through me and my man JBL right here. And Corey, I want to tell you, I think you do a wonderful job. I'm a huge fan of yours. I think you are excellent. And Keith, hiring you was like losing five good men. <laughs> Keith's a good I man. I appreciate that. Jeff. Guys, have a, have a nice Ugandan whiskey tonight. Cheers. We're going to have, no, wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute, Keith. It's Ugandan Prime Reserve Whiskey. Could never afford it, KP. 
My apologies. I got it myself when I was down there. We better not see you in baggy pants ever, KP. <laughs> Never. <laughs> it's not hammer time for you, Keith. It must be true what they say about the luck of the Irish because you're still breathing right now, KP, which is a start, but I'm going to stay far, far away from you on Monday. That was fun. Can I bring up the fact that he's a fashion guru on Monday Night Raw? KP, you can do whatever it is you choose to do, but should you do that, there's a very real possibility that when we come back next week, there won't be a we. It'll just be ATB <laughs> with Corey Graves and the ghost of Kevin Patrick. Tread carefully, my friend. Yeah, I might take my chances. The juice may be worth a squeeze on that one. Let's see. Oh, well, you don't want to miss next week, that's for sure. Just find out whether or not Kevin Patrick survived. But in the meantime, you can follow us at After the Bell WWE on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can find me at WWE Graves. KP, where can we find you? At Kev underscore Egan, E-G-A-N. E-G-A-N. Listen for F-R-E-E on Spotify. Just search After the Bell and hit the follow button so you never miss an episode. I'll be back next week. We don't know yet about Kevin Patrick. Depends on how he plays his cards. Here's hope. Uh, with a little more wisdom, a little more vitriol, and more WWE After the Bell. After the Bell.